Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. Today, we are reviewing a Netflix film that came out about a month and a half ago, um, directed by Alan Yang. And today, we're reviewing Tiger Tail. Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary? Sure. In this multi-generational drama, a Taiwanese factory worker leaves his homeland to seek opportunity in America, where he struggles to find connection while balancing family and newfound responsibilities. Mm. Okay, I'm really excited to talk about this movie today with you. I have so many thoughts, and I'm so intrigued to hear your take on the movie. So, what was your summary for Tiger Tail? My summary is... Not the sequel to Tiger King. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not at all. Very <laughs> different type of uh, uh, media content. Um, I went for kind of a, a n- not a serious summary for this movie as well, but my summary is modern Asian American movie number three. Ah, uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was I was so curious while watching. I was like, oh my gosh, what is Jen gonna think about this movie? Because our our reviews of the other uh, modern American Asian family movies have <laughs> been so fascinating to talk through. So yeah. I'm I'm really excited to discuss this one. I am as well, especially after our really exciting discussion about um, the farewell and how the things that really stuck out to me, you mentioned didn't stick out to you and other things that really stuck out to you didn't stick out to me. It was just so interesting to watch those movies with our different backgrounds and different lenses and our different like reactions to it were just so interesting to unpack. So I'm excited for this one. I think there's also just enough and there's so much in this movie that there's there's going to be plenty to talk about. So, um, what were your first initial thoughts of Tiger Tail? I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought that it was interesting and um, it was very, you know, kind of, it was both, melancholy and hopeful at the same time which is always just a fun little mix um I I am fascinated to I I think I I enjoyed it more because I knew that we were going to talk about it so I think if I had just like watched it by myself just for myself I might not have enjoyed it as much as I did knowing that I would be able to hear your perspectives um like I wanted to know what you think about it and what your parents thought about it and just mm-hmm. just help me understand more. Um, I think that there were, you know, some some issues with it and some of the, <laughs> the storytelling was a little choppy and um, I I appreciated what they what they tried to do, but I think overall as a look into um, the the immigrant experience and also a look at, you know, a, a culture that is different than my own. I think it was very much worth watching and worth going on that journey. Um, just to, to experience something that I have never experienced before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I really enjoyed this film. I, I share similar sentiments around like from a filmmaking perspective, um, there's some plot structure and characters that I felt like weren't developed enough for this to feel 
full and for them to have a lot of dimension to them specifically like the daughter character I I was I was curious about um why they chose to keep her her backstory or her context or that relationship with her father more mysterious to us a viewer maybe that was very intentional and I this film is a uh one minute or one hour sorry one hour and 31 minutes long so they did they did have time to explore it so I don't know if that was intentional um there are other some character inconsistencies that were a little bit confusing, but on the whole, I really loved that this movie was um, attempting to tell the story of why um, Asian American families are the way that they are, where some of those um, stereotypes come from around um, not showing our emotions and showing love in unique ways and being less expressive and things like that so I loved that this movie sought to tell that story and to show the the fullness of life that um these these people in this gener these generations had back home and having to leave them and start anew in this really foreign land um it was a really beautiful uh and also kind of tragic unfolding of seeing this man who was vibrant and charismatic and so full of life lose that part of himself like I, I was just thinking about this film before we we started um this episode and most movies are about the discovery of yourself or reconciling those different parts of yourself to understand yourself better um or for that to come to fruition and this movie for the most part is detailing the loss of the self which is it's a different trajectory and a different journey that we typically go on with film um, and then it kind of like gives you this little upturn at the end of perhaps there is this hope for vulnerability and reconciliation and relationship that this man can now have with his daughter um so on a whole, I really appreciate this movie. The fact that it even exists is so worth celebrating. Um, I'm excited to see more films telling the immigrant story and the Asian American experience. So that is all awesome. What I found incredibly fascinating, which I'm excited to talk about with you a little bit more, is my parents' reaction. So um, I'm, I get the chance to be home right now. It's great. And I knew we were going to review this film. And... I really convinced them to watch this with me, particularly because I I thought or expected that they would be able to relate very heavily with um, the immigrant experience and leaving home and coming to this foreign land with nothing and building their lives from scratch. Um, and they really didn't, they didn't love the film at all. <laughs> Had a very Ooh. interesting... Um, comments about this film and how yes this man left everything but that was a choice that he made and they were frustrated with his inability to 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 come to terms with that and they didn't understand why he was so um unable to connect with his daughter and to try and build that bridge to her and and like <laughs> my dad made the comment like I don't understand what's wrong with him. Like, why can't he figure out a, make, a way to make it work? And that was 
incredibly fascinating to me. It's very different from the reaction I expected them to have. Um, and I think part of that is potentially because they went through that experience and they they sought to make it work and both of them are so different from a lot of the Asian stereotypes. They are so expressive and communicative and I never felt like they never said I love you or I'm proud of you growing up. So maybe there's just like a an, an even greater like scale of the Asian immigrant story that this represents one shade of it in this film, but that there are so many other shades of it, which is like another layer of dimension that I didn't expect to uncover with watching this film and discussing it with them. So that was kind of cool. Wow, that is fascinating. <laughs> right? I was like, wait, wow. what? <laughs> so then I proceeded, because they didn't like the farewell either. And so then I proceeded mm -hmm. to ask like, okay, so is there a story about the Asian um, Asian American immigrant experience that you like or that you loved or that you felt like was accurate and my dad made the comment god he's just he's so full of great comments he's like well I don't understand why every story has to be about that I'm like you know what that's true too dad mm. yeah it's like okay. how come every story has to be about that we can't just have like a story with Asians in it like it always has to be about us leaving and it being so difficult and all this stuff <laughs> I'm like what I thought you'd be so excited this is on the screen. <laughs> nope. So that was fascinating. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to get your your dad's uh, recommendation for an Asian American film, not regarding yeah. the, the immigrant experience, but just what a good Asian American film is. And then we can review yes. that. <laughs> yes, exactly. My mom had mentioned... Um, after watching The Farewell, because I remember asking her a similar question, like, okay, are there films that you really loved? And um, she mentioned Joy Luck Club, which I know was originally a book that was made into mm -hmm. a film about, like, four mother-daughter pairs and kind of their experiences together. I don't know the details of it, but I haven't watched it yet, but I'm intrigued. Maybe we can review it at some point on the podcast. That'd be fun. Do you think that could be an episode where we could talk your mom into joining us I know, for a little right? bit? Yes. Yes. Um, we're we're going to work hard on it and get, okay. get her on. <laughs> Even <laughs> for like 20 minutes or just a little yeah. spiel at the beginning would be fascinating. Yeah. yeah. You know, just a few minutes because mm -hmm. both of your parents have such interesting takes on on films. And I am <laughs> I'm constantly fascinated by the stories that you relate to us so yeah I and I was trying to understand like where that dis discrepancy comes from with like me loving this film and them not and I think it was fascinating to talk with them about the stereotypes about Asian American immigrant families that exist today um and a lot of Asian American like first generation um, children that talk about their experiences where their father was distant and aloof and um, stoic and loved them through discipline and through like giving them a better life but maybe not in that really affectionate type of way and um, that was new that was new news to them like I read a lot about it because it's mm. interesting and there's a lot of like my peers that we, you know, we talk about that and things like that, but that was new for them. Um, and I think a lot of the, 
the other families in, in our cir- social circle here as Asian Americans are not necessarily like that. So that was kind of fascinating too. There's like a disconnect between that generational difference. like the Because this whole film to me is trying to tell the story behind why that stereotype exists and kind of shed light onto so much of the inner life behind that stoic father in an Asian American family. And if that part of the puzzle um, wasn't a context that they went into the movie with, it's like, yeah, why is the dad so stoic? I don't get it, you know, which is their reaction to it. So that was fascinating to talk about as well. And that was one of the the points that I think is really relatable for all cultures, mm-hmm. um, like especially with that relationship between Angela and her dad, like that that distance and how she didn't feel like loved or comforted by him. Like that's something that I think no matter what your cultural context is, a lot of us have felt that way in one way or another. Mm-hmm. You know, some people it's their dad was distant because he was working hard to provide, but for others it's their dad just wasn't in the picture. So there's something like so human about that that longing and that that desire to be loved by a parental figure that I think many of us can connect with regardless of culture. So like I didn't see that as um, something that's uh, specific for the Asian American experience, but I saw that just as a as a human experience. Like mm-hmm. even you know that the main character, like he he lost his dad when he was young, so he didn't have that father fatherly figure that support in his life growing up. So him being able to to mirror that and and share that with his kids would be even harder. So. I don't know, for me, that was just such a point of empathy of, man, how accessible is this? Even if we, you know, our families didn't immigrate here, you know, one or two generations ago, Mm -hmm. but we all know what that loss can feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the desire to want to earn that approval or, Mm -hmm. um, make your parents proud like that whole piano recital sequence where she knows the minute she gets up that she's disappointed them like that is a universal feeling beyond cultures as well and um as a kid you you want to make your parents proud yeah so i i wonder if you know part of your your parents dislike of this movie and the farewell is like it, it paints the Asian American immigrant experience into just this one little box. And that, that wasn't their experience and they chose a different way and they built a different type of life Mm -hmm. and that's not reflected on the screen. And, you know, maybe, and this is something we talked about in the farewell episode too, like as, as more films are created by Asian people, the more data we'll have. So then the more vast and varied experiences we'll have to draw from. And it it won't just be like, oh, this is the (laughs) one experience and this is how all Asian people are. Like, no, that's so stupid. Mm -hmm. We're all different and we're all unique and we all have a different story to tell. So yeah, 
hopefully we'll have more opportunities for them to see an Asian American <laughs> movie that they like. <laughs> right. I mean, it was fascinating to me that like, even this, a story, a story that on paper should be so relatable to their own journeys of leaving home and, and leaving your family and your parents behind to start this new life in a foreign land. Like even that doesn't, there isn't still that 100% confidence and guarantee that that's going to resonate because our experiences as humans are so multifaceted and so vastly different that it, there are parts that still won't relate to even the people that the film is trying to represent. And that was eye-opening to me because I really expected that or assumed that it would be something that they would be able to connect with. I mean, so many of the emotions of arriving and um, trying to figure out where is where and dragging your suitcases, like they've told me stories about how that was their experience as well. So I was like, oh, they're probably going to love this movie and <laughs> relate to it and feel so excited that their story is being told on screen. And um, it's it's very possible that the standards are higher or because they lived through it that Mm, yeah. <laughs> just hearing my mother's um reaction of how she's like it doesn't it shouldn't justify him not being able to connect with his family and driving everyone away and there's just like mm. this there's no sympathy there whereas like for me I watch this and I'm like well he endured so much like he left home and um he was in this kind of loveless relationship in this foreign land like of course that strips him of his sense of self and you you begin to like retreat into your own shell and become um this man who's like lost his passion for his life. Like I could see that. And for her, it's like, no, like you <laughs> conquer that and you make do and you figure out a way forward because they, they have, and they've gone through that and they've figured out a way to do that. So that was really interesting to me. Yeah. That, that is fascinating. I, <laughs> and, and I, I get, I get where they're coming from. Like I, I was annoyed by him too, like just kind of like moping around the whole time. Like I, I get it. Um, and I think for me, it was less of a, um, I don't know. It wasn't so much of like, this is why he became this way. Like to me, that wasn't the story that we were watching, but it was just kind of like, this is just his story. And yeah. like without like judgment or like without like a, I don't know, a moral necessarily attached to it. It was just kind of like, this is his interpretation of what happened. And we're just going to kind of go along for the ride, mm -hmm. uh, which maybe viewing it through that lens, let me go like, okay, you know, that that's a choice that you can make to shut down like that. I get it. But I mean, that's how he ended up where he is. So, mm -hmm. okay, now what are you going to do from here to make your life better or to make your daughter's life better? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I wonder if this story was told with a different uh, race, like a different coming from a different country, if there was, if there would be more that they could, they would feel more sympathetic to. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like for me yeah. watching this, like I have no idea what that experience is like. So yeah. it's understandable. I'm like, I could see potentially that that taking such a toll on your human spirit of just being feeling so stuck and having given up so much for for what seems like nothing. Like his mother didn't even get to come and retire with him and he gave mm -hmm. up the love of his life and his familiarity for 
these hopes and dreams that he arrived and were completely dashed. Like, I don't know what that's like. So I'm cutting him so much slack by the end. I'm like, you know what? Like, I could see how that just like wears away your soul. But for them, they're like, we went through that and we 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 conquered and we were resilient. So like, they just like it. It wasn't there wasn't judgment for him. It was just like I don't understand why mm-hmm. he can't still at least reach like if the marriage falls apart that makes sense but for his own daughter like you can't even try and build a bridge (laughs) yeah and I think I think for me like I was also really impressed just at what they were able to accomplish like I there, there were so many moments throughout where I was just sitting there like with my mouth open wide going oh my gosh like why did you do this like why is this your choice like the idea of coming to this foreign land where you don't speak the language you don't have the connections you don't have the the money you don't have the relational equity to like really do this like what a hard experience that must have been and to come to America with nothing and in just a few decades be accomplished and have your children who are accomplished and doing amazing things in the world and be able to provide for them so well like that's incredible like Mm -hmm. it's just I was so amazed at just the I don't know just what we are capable of as human beings, um, when we set our mind to something and when we have a desire and a goal and we just, we go for it. Like mm-hmm. we can do incredible things. And that's what, even though this family was jacked up and, uh, the dad had no emotions, like still what they were able to accomplish was truly incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's so much, uh, rhetoric right now and conversation right now about how, the American dream is just an illusion and that we there isn't truly equal opportunity, which I think there's so much truth to that. But really for like a lot of folks, like especially, I mean, for my parents, they came with almost nothing and, and built this life for themselves here. And really like for some people, like the American dream is fulfilled. That doesn't mean that there's equal access to it, but there is they were able to turn so much of their life around and build so much with so little in this foreign land and not knowing the language that there are instances and these moments that I think is what gives hope to people that yes, the American dream is alive and it exists, whether there's equal access is another, a whole nother conversation. But um, it's those stories that I think give the illusion that yeah, the American dream exists and it, it, it has happened. And it it might look a little bit different, you know, depending on your context too. Like Mm -hmm. for, for them, they just, they wanted to build a better life for them and for their children. And that was the American dream. It wasn't about, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to become a a millionaire. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not going to be world famous or whatever it was. I, I want to build a better life. And that's, that's what they did. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I also feel like the – I didn't understand this um, nuance as fully until having this conversation with my parents after watching this movie. But the the reason for um, people from Asia coming to this country 
and the terms that they came on was also very different depending on what era you came in and on Mm. what terms. So, for example, like my dad came um, to pursue his education and he came on an educational visa because he was a top scoring student in his university and like made the cut to get sent to the United States to pursue his master's degree and PhD Mm. and whatnot. So um, for my mom as well, she also came for her education. Whereas there are a lot of other Asians and Asian Americans that built their life coming here and started as shopkeepers and opened restaurants and were store owners. And that's a different a totally different type of Asian American experience than those that came on educational visas as well. So like there's like so many more layers to this immigrant story that like even I'm still uncovering as well. Um, Because for me and my context and where I grew up, like all of our peers and our social circles and my family friends um, at like Thanksgiving dinners and um, Chinese New Year celebrations, a lot of them are well-educated and work um, at like white collar jobs, but that's not the case for like a a large majority of Asian Americans that also live in this country too. Um, so that, that's like a nuance that I feel like this film is also portraying. Like they came and looked for jobs, like just by walking around in the streets of New York to find something. And that's a very different experience than maybe others that came yeah, that's very true. Like I hadn't I hadn't really thought about it like that, but a lot of the people that I know who have who have come here have come similar to your parents. It was they came for educational reasons or for like a specific like white collar job. They didn't mm-hmm. just come here and have to build from nothing. And yeah. wow, like what a I I just I'm still amazed at that. Like how, like to have so much faith in this nation that you're going to and so much faith in yourself to be able to like pull yourself up from your bootstraps and make something of yourself. Like, I don't know that I would be that gutsy to be, to do that, like move to a completely Mm -hmm. different country. I don't speak the language and trust enough in myself that, oh, I'm going to make it here. Like, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. The, the (laughs) like kind of equivalent that my mom would always tell me like as a kid growing up is like, if I sent, like I learned Spanish for a little bit, like barely Mm -hmm. any in in high school. (laughs) She's like, that's like if I sent you to Spain and gave you like two suitcases and like a couple of dollars and like you barely speak the language and like figure out how to build a life for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh okay, yeah, I don't think I would make it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's, man, it's it's incredible. And people do that every yeah. day. Yeah. I, I'm, it's amazing. I'm also intrigued at like the, the level of confidence that they had. I mean, you see that with um, Ping Sui's character in this movie as well, where he says like, I'm going to go to the American, like it's, there are more opportunities there. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm so intrigued at how that narrative came about and how that reputation that the U S had at the time, Mm. like what type of media were they consuming? Like, was it in the papers? Like how did that narrative get told 
in these like rural villages, you know? I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, and I mean such like a like a blue collar area that he grew up in mm-hmm. and he he knew yeah. that America was the land of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, I have no idea how how they <laughs> that trickled so far and with the same level of confidence. No idea. Mm. But um Along the same thought around like the life that Pinksway and Dunjun built for themselves here, it was really cool to see the way that the film used shots of homes and apartments and kitchens mm-hmm. to show that progress because we would cut back and forth between like his childhood and living in this like terrible um, small cramped apartment with his mother and the paints peeling. We cut to like him arriving to the U.S. and again, it's like this green lighting and the, the paint's chipping on the walls. And then you cut to him, him and his daughter in their um, the later years, and they're living in these like fresh, modern, crisp apartments. And it was cool to see that uh, progress comparatively through this like just a space, like a home, um, such a like visual representation of how much they've built for themselves. Yeah, it was such a like show not tell moment, mm-hmm. and um, I really loved the daughter's apartment. I I wanted <laughs> to get a tour through it because I really wanted it. Um, the bookshelves. Oh the my room. gosh! Yes, that scene where she's like unpacking and she's like, "Dad, do you like it?" And like, I yelled at my screen. I was like, "Yes, I love it." <laughs> I don't care what your dad thinks. It's beautiful. <laughs> But it's true. It, it shows it, it shows how much they've progressed. But then I think that, that was also a really beautiful way to blend um, both Asian culture and American culture. Mm. And I, I really appreciated that about um, Angela and how she was so American, but she was still so respectful of, of Asian culture and respectful of her her dad. And so there were there were so many moments with her specifically and just how she carried herself that I, I thought was a, a, a beautiful representation of how you can both be Asian and American at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't have to, you know, for you to be Asian American, you don't have to just like look this one way y- mm-hmm. you can be you and your, your perspective and your, like how you handle yourself is still valid. And even if it doesn't look like the stereotypical way. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It, this movie is really interesting because a lot, or at least especially with the farewell and crazy rich Asians, a lot of these more modern Asian American stories often are trying to show the generational gaps and the differences between the older generation and the younger that mm-hmm. have assimilated into American culture. But this film actually, I think was showing also the level of similarities that still exist, yeah. which was a really great message and a really interesting perspective to show because there's a lot of like mirroring scenes where you see Angela feeling um, lonely and isolated and then you see her father in a similar context and 
um, you see her trying to like grapple with this world around her and figure out her place in it. And it would be mirrored with um, her father when he was younger and first arriving here, trying to figure out his own place in the world. Like that was really cool to see. I feel like a lot of other media often shows how stark of a difference there is, but this one took a different approach. And I was so impressed that it was the father-daughter relationship that they focused mm. on. Um, because, I, like, I know that there are, are films that way that are about that relationship, but those are fewer and farther between, I feel. Um, so the fact that we were seeing a, a female character who was a lot like her father um, was just, it was different for me. And I, I really appreciated that they chose that, especially because this was written uh, by a man. And mm. so the fact that he he focused on um, the daughter's relationship instead of the son's relationship, I thought was really, really important and a very interesting creative choice. That's actually really interesting because this whole movie is based on Alan Yang's relationship mm -hmm. with his own father and going yeah. back to Taiwan. So you'd think that the next logical step for him in this in the story creation process would be for him to tell it from his perspective. He's a man, so he can relate to that. And so mm -hmm. you're right. It's a very interesting creative choice that he intentionally chose to tell the story about a daughter. Uh, I mean – Inherently, there's 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 more of a gap that he's going to cross to to tell that character well, and it's harder. It's more challenging. So he took the harder route. Yeah, he did, and I think I think it was you know the the right choice. I I think that 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 made it more accessible to more people. I think like had it been a father and his son. I probably wouldn't have related to it as much or been as maybe empathetic toward the characters, mm -hmm. but because it was a daughter, um, I was, I was more invested in it than I would have been had it been a son. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm curious what his decision-making process was behind that creative choice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now you have some more research to do. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I I wonder if there's, I don't know, just some, some theories or some thoughts around, like, in general, like, Asian masculinity has been the topic of conversation in the past couple of years. And so, I don't know, I wonder if there's something there that influenced the decision-making as well, like showing this father, tr like, connecting and showing that expressive side to his daughter being really important and valuable or his lack of doing that um mm -hmm. really affecting her in a lot of a lot of ways I don't know it's it's interesting and maybe it, it would have been I don't know easier for him to express himself to to a son or maybe mm. you know and this is totally going into stereotypes that are I don't think are true, but you know, the, the perception that like a son can, can cope better with a distant father than a daughter can. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think that that's what this is, but I could see that maybe being a theory about it. Um, mm -hmm. but I also think that the whole movie itself was so, um, 
I don't know, so honoring to women in a way, like even mm-hmm. though he, he mistreated the girl that he loved, which I, I mm-hmm. have a whole rant about that I'm not going to get into. <laughs> um, but like he was, he was raised by his, his grandmother and then, you know, his, his mother took care of him. And then he, he, he sought to provide for, for his wife and, you know, providing for his daughter. So like women are so pivotal to this story Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if he was also trying to, to honor them or to shine a light on, you know, the fact that Asian women are also important. It's not just about Asian men, um, mm. because we, I, this story wouldn't have been told had those women not been so integral to every single plot point. That's interesting because there is that scene when, um, they first arrived to the States and, Jen Jen says that she wants to be a teacher and she wants to go to school. Mm-hmm. And there's that, like, it's a small scene. Um, but Ping Sui tells her that, like, she needs to be home. She needs to be at home. She can't go out and work. Like, she's going to need to have to be home anyway when, the, when they have kids. Basically shuts her down and shuts her dreams down, which mm-hmm. she ends up fulfilling anyway. Which I was like, yes, girl, go for mm-hmm. those. Yeah. Um, you be a teacher. That's right. And you travel the world. She was like going on trips and stuff. Yes. Um, her best life. <laughs> but I don't know if there's something there as well. You're right. There's, there's a, some, there's a theme that's starting to, to, to connect together. Yeah. And I think, I think another thing that I was really struck by was the, the, like the matriarchy of it all and the mm-hmm. the the multi-generationalness of this uh, movie. And we also see that in The Farewell. We see it in Crazy Rich Asians, but then we also mm. see it in like Parasite and Shoplifters. Like all of these recent Asian movies are about these larger families and, um, you know, the, the women are prominent in all of them. But as as a white person from a very small nuclear family, um, I was just, I'm, I'm always so struck by films that will tell a multi-generational tale like this, Mm. um, because that's not something that I have in my life. And Mm. so I, I'm also curious about your thoughts on that. And like, cause it's easy to make it seem like as an outsider that all Asian families operate this way and all of mm-hmm. them are have like large extended families and you know you you all get together and do all of these things and I just I was so curious by that that thread that seems to be common in mm. pretty much all of the Asian movies that have come out in the past few years yeah that's really interesting um well, a lot of friends that I have mentioned that that's a big part of their lives. Um, every, you know, like Chinese New Year, they get together or they always mm-hmm. live close by. I think part of maybe what contributes to that is the like sense of duty and honor that's a value in Asian culture and in Chinese culture. I should speak specifically for that, um, where you take care of your parents when they mm. are older and that there's just like this automatic, unspoken responsibility to help them financially, to take care of them. Um, A lot of like Asian Americans here and even in China, they, their grandparents often like lived with them growing up. 
um, and help them with homework and pick them up from school and all this kind of stuff um, because the parents wanted to take care of their, their aging parents as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm learning, I suppose, is that my family is Asian American in a lot of ways, but also not in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, my parents have made it very clear to me from a young age that that while that is like a cultural value that exists, that they don't have that expectation. So they're very Western mm. in that way. Wow. And, um, my grandmother as well, like she came when I was younger and she would stay for a couple of months, but never, she was always very independent as well and actually liked being in China and getting to see her friends and being in a context that she was comfortable with in her home country versus coming to the U S and like living with us. Um, Mm. there was like this value of independence that she had that she didn't want to do that and come here. Um, so I don't, I don't have that same like experience of getting together with grandparents on both sides. And I think you see this in the farewell where like the whole family is like sitting around a table for dinner. Um, I know that's true of a lot of Asian families, but I guess mine is just smaller. My mom had one brother. My dad was an only child. Like (laughs) we were just, I guess we're smaller too. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I love that that just shows like even even when we look at this like subset of this group of people there, like you said earlier, like it's so varied and there are so many different experiences and that's just, that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. The more that I dive into this like Asian American immigrant story and see the differences and the similarities, like it's, it's fascinating to see how like even that, subset of a story and a narrative that so many people went through has like so many dimensions and dynamics and nuances to it that it's it's like impossible to to stereotype in a lot of ways like I know stereotypes exist partially because it's true for a lot of people but it's also like the problem with stereotypes which is that like not all Asian fathers are distant and Mm -hmm. not all families are um like what you always see in the media so that's that's really fascinating to discover and uncover yeah we're all we're all more unique and interesting than stereotypes would have us believe Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I think it's just gonna get even more of a complicated Mm -hmm. hodgepodge as like all of the first generation children from immigrant families start to also like intermix and intermarry with each other. And, you know, like one of my friend's sisters, um, she's a first generation Filipino family. And like, she married someone who's a first generation Indian. Um, Mm. And so like that, their children are going to be raised in such an interesting cultural context with a blend of values, both Western values. And then their, um, parents values like all mixed together so we're just gonna have more and more interesting stories to tell us (laughs) when I'm gathering (laughs) yeah yeah it's true we're gonna continue to become more diverse and Mm -hmm. that'll make all of our experiences so diverse too and yeah I don't know like to me that's so beautiful it adds such a richness to 
our already colorful, you know, fabric of our culture. Mm -hmm. I was imagining like a painter's palette as well. It's like, okay, we have like red and we have blue here. Mm -hmm. And then those two are going to have purple. And then there's going to be a different kind of shade of purple. And then, oh, so many hues. Yes. It's going to be cool. Yeah. And then we'll start uh, seeing more movies like that. In, yes. I don't know what, 10, 20 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. The stories that will be told will be so complex and we'll invite more discussions, honestly, because there's yeah. going to be so many more unique blends of experiences. That'll be cool. All right. So I want to hear this rant about how he treated the original girlfriend. I just, like, how can you be like, oh, my God, I loved her. And then you treat her like trash. Like, <laughs> that's not love, you moron. Like, I was so, uh, I was so frustrated by that whole thing. I was like, if you're just going to be a, an ambitious jerk, and that's fine. You have every right to be an ambitious jerk. The least that you can do is be upfront with the girl and say, hey, this is my dream. I'm going to do this thing. Instead of just, like, leaving her. And then when she asks him, decades later, he's like, oh, well, what difference was it going to make? You moron! (laughs) It was just so frustrating. It's so funny. My mom had the exact same reaction. (laughs) She went on a whole long rant about that. She's like, he's basically such an asshole. Like, if you're going to go to the U.S., that's fine. But you have a responsibility to tell the person that you are romantically involved with that that's what you're going to go do. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there, there's one thing to be, like, attracted to a person and want to spend time with them. But if you are committed to them and you are telling them, like, hey, I love you, I want to make a life with you, and then you just drop them, like, that, oh, my gosh, the level of damage that that yeah. can do. Like that's that's just ridiculous, and yeah. I do love though that she she built her own life and that she was happy and had like moved on. Like she wasn't holding a flame for this guy. Yes, uh, I I really really loved that. I was I was like, yes, you go, girl. You you live your best life away from this man. Yeah, I jotted down in my notes. Quote: Love that Ayuan was married when they met up in NYC. Yes. Because, you know, every other rom-com would have been like, oh, she happened to be divorced too. And then this uh-huh. long lost love of theirs can now be rekindled. But it's like, I think the point of this movie is like you make choices and those choices have consequences. And some of those like will just be memories now. And like that's yeah. okay. But, you know, like even if you don't think it was worth it, like you still made that choice and you have to live with that. And I <laughs> – I was like, I was, I was preparing myself to be angry during that scene um, when they meet up because you don't see her left hand ever Mm -hmm. in that scene. And so I was like, oh, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't make her single. And then she said that she was married and I was like, oh, good. Okay. The movie did it right. Because otherwise it would have completely, you know, canceled out that moral of, you know, you, you have to make sacrifices to achieve your dream and you make choices that seemed right in the moment and you have to carry those consequences with you. Mm -hmm. And 
sometimes the choices that we make, they do hurt others. Mm -hmm. And we have to, we have to grapple with that fallout. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're watching this man do is see, okay, I made all of these choices, making the best decision that I could at the time. And now he's, he's having to deal with the, the repercussions, you know, 30 yeah. years later. Which just adds to the tragedy of it all. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I was, I felt like the scenes cutting back and forth between the young Ping Sui and the older man felt like seeing two different people and just like yeah. the vibrance that this charismatic, young, handsome man had with this old shadow of a soul when he's older, just it it felt so tragic to see that. And I was like desperately wanting to see like, how did he end up that way? But I think that we as a viewer are meant to, to wonder and, and, imagine what it would be like to have really like given up the love of your life, given up being close to your family in your home town to go to this country with this woman who is so quiet and you don't connect with her at all. Um, The hopes of having these, like this to have a better life for yourself, you get there. It's kind of a terrible situation. And like to have that, like, feeling of regret or just like wondering like did I just give up so much and have it not be worth it at all um and even when he calls his mother which was the reason Mm -hmm. to me the reason that he really made all of the sacrifices was so that he could create a life for her where she could retire and rest like she didn't even end up coming and so really it's like what was it all for and to have to grapple with that I think would really you know, um, really bring your spirit down the way that it has for this man. And I liked that it wasn't just like one event happened and mm-hmm. then boom, he changed. It was a, it was a, a soft and subtle corrosion over years and years and years. Yeah. And you, you see those moments where, where he tries to still be himself and, he has to to shift and and adapt to this this other form of life and become this other person. Um, and so I, I also love that that the film didn't have him drastically or immediately change either, because that's mm-hmm. also not how it works. You know, it took yeah. him many decades to become this this very very silent man, and it's going to take him years to to learn how to open up and, and share himself and be himself again. Um, so it, it was both realistic and sorrowful, sorrowful and hopeful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you get the scenes where he buys the piano for mm-hmm. his yeah. wife and he really is trying and your heart just like reaches out to him. You're like, dang, like he's really trying to make it work and, you're right. I think it would have felt really engineered had he moved there, realized it was terrible, working this kind of job that he doesn't really like at all, and just like for that to dash his spirits. Like, no, he he he, he started off with still this hope of like, okay, we can figure out how to make this work. Like, yes, let's we'll connect and play the piano together, mm-hmm. connect over music, and have this vibrant life together. But ultimately, um. It doesn't come to fruition. 
Yeah. (laughs) I think what's also really interesting in that final scene um, when he takes his daughter back home is that like home is no longer the same as what he remembered it to be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, there's, there's so much truth to that. Like you have all of these memories that you hold dear and they're frozen in time for you. But the reality is that life has moved on. It's either like the, the town was abandoned or the town was transformed and it's now modern and, and completely different from the way you left it. Like that concept of like, you can never really go home to the way it was, um, is melancholy, but there's just so much truth to it. And it's almost like you wouldn't want it to be exactly the way you left it because that means that the people there have not changed or progressed. So that was a really, I mean, visually beautiful scene of seeing like his old home, um, filled with these plants and weeds Mm -hmm. and um again like showing that context of a home and that space as a visual representation of progress and change was very very effective and then his his visceral reaction to it and yeah i i also i i loved that that's the moment that he broke down um because you don't fully know like what caused it. You know, mm-hmm. there could be a thousand different reasons for him to have reacted that way. And you know, the fact that we're we're left with him sobbing outside of his home and his daughter awkwardly trying to figure out how to comfort yeah. her father, um, which is what he didn't know how to do, you know, earlier <laughs> yes. in the movie either. So I, I think that that was just such a, a beautiful moment and that leaves us as the viewers also able to go and and read into what their relationship will become. Um, and we can choose to believe that they will continue to to heal and, and you know, tear, tear down those walls that, that they built up around themselves so that they can hopefully have um, healthy relationships going forward. Mm-hmm. You're right. It wasn't that like explosive climactic moment where he breaks down and they have this grand reconciliation and she knows exactly what to say. Like there is time needed for them to learn how to open themselves up and connect with each other and love each other well. And that they, that they're going to get to go on that journey together, but that it will not happen in this moment at this final end of a movie that we we get that like cathartic end like we don't Mm -hmm. get that at all it's quite subtle and understated yeah yeah because I mean when in life do we get this like big cathartic end and then you know the the bow is tied and everybody's happy like (laughs) no it it happens in in those subtle moments and yeah um, those small moments of vulnerability, which are normally really, really awkward. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was so true to life, but also in a, a really sweet way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What did you think about Dunzen's character? The, the woman that he was arranged to be married with or what is, was married to? Yeah. I, I felt so bad for this girl. I, 
<laughs> like I so I also wanted to just chew out her father because um, mm-hmm. that's a really jacked up thing to do yeah. like you don't know this dude uh, but you're going to be married to him in a foreign country and you're expected to just stay at home and that's it and clean. have kids <laughs> yeah yeah and clean and man I just I felt she got a really really like short end of the stick basically like but I I love that she was still she found a way to learn who she is while still being honoring to her husband and was willing to give up her own dreams in order to like do what needed to be done and once once her her children were raised and out of the house then she had the courage to go, okay, now I'm going to do this for me. And mm-hmm. she, she chose to, to make her life into something different. And yeah, I, I really appreciated her as a character, even though she was in a really, really crappy position. Yeah. Homegirl had some agency. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, she's an example of like, she took this terrible situation and, um, honored it as best as she knew how and then sought to create something better for herself. And she was like with this new guy at her daughter's party. Yes. Like they're going to go on these trips. Like, I mean, she really built something for herself too in a, in a different way. And she had a beautiful kitchen as well. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she got to be a teacher. Yeah. And her kids love her. Yes, all the wins. All the wins. <laughs> so how did your parents react to her? <laughs> they had some funny commentary. I just get a kick out of hearing their comments because it's always so surprising to me. Like, <laughs> um, But uh, they found that her character was confusing because she would be so quiet with, with uh, Pinksway at home. And so shy and like lacked any kind of opinion about anything. But then um, when she was out with this like Mm. hip uh, Taiwanese lady that she met, like she was so (laughs) full of life. And so my mom was like, I don't understand. Like how come she has so much to say with this other lady but nothing to say with this guy? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which I could see. It was a little bit confusing. But I think like my take on that is – that it's just awkward. I mean, she's like yeah. with this stranger and she's reliant on him for, um, for their living and to be, to be supported by him. So she just kind of doesn't want to rock that boat or is just like very careful around him because she kind of has to be out of survival mode. Um, so <laughs> that was their take on her. <laughs> I love that. My dad was like, yeah, she's so quiet. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the movie, she's like so talkative and so vibrant. Like how – it doesn't make sense. Like we don't get to see that transformation. Like I – yeah, I could see that. She she changes so much um, Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the film to the end. It is is surprising, but it's not impossible, I think. Yeah, which I I love that they (laughs) – that both of these characters went on like opposite trajectories. Like mm. they kind of like swapped 
spaces, basically. You're right. Kind of ironic, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as he was kind of like devolving and kind of wall- walling in on himself, she was learning who she was. Mm-hmm. and Finding her voice. Yeah. yeah. So now he gets to go through the same journey just like 30 years after she did. <laughs> I really wanted more scenes with Angela and to yeah. understand that character more and the relationship that she had with her father. Um, there was that recital scene that we get where she's crying in the backseat and her the dad is, mm-hmm. is telling her to like suck it up essentially. Um, And I think if we had gotten a few more scenes like that, it would have felt like that journey from um, this young, what used to be a vibrant man becoming and devolving this silent father who has a broken relationship with his daughter. Like, I I think I needed a little bit more to understand how he got there. But Mm -hmm. it's also possible that we're not meant to have more of those scenes so that we as the viewers have to put in the work to figure out like what could have happened and how did they find themselves there. Um, I personally wish that there was more, but I could also see how it was an intentional decision to not give us that. Yeah. I, I didn't need more. Um, (laughs) I think, and I, I think that could also be, uh, you know, like, you and I came from very different like home environments and mm. yours is very like close knit and, and your father is very present and mine was not. Mm-hmm. And so it, I didn't need more to get to that point where she felt, you know, mm. hurt or abandoned by her father. Like it, it, it doesn't take me very long to just get there and mm. like, Oh, okay. You feel that way. I got you. I, I don't need any more information. Mm. So, I, I think that that could also be part of it, that mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not a stretch of an imagination for me, for for a young man who was once vibrant to then become, you know, a distant or sometimes cruel father. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I think a, a lot of children, you know, their, their fathers, <clears throat> ooh, as I lose my voice, mm-hmm. their fathers went through a similar experience so it's kind of an accessible thing Mm, gotcha yeah that's a really interesting I think challenge that I mean creators and and filmmakers have is to like speak to this like diverse audience of Mm -hmm. viewers like I mean we talk about timing a lot and pacing and how much the director gives versus doesn't give. And there's so many intentional choices that go along that. But um, the way a viewer sees a film through their own lens is like so, so shaped by their experiences. I mean, like even just seeing my parents' reaction to this film as well and the things that like didn't make sense to them or that they didn't understand fully how that could be the case for him to be so... um, unable to build that bridge to his daughter like things like that Mm -hmm. that are just so shaped by their experiences versus you take another family or another set of parents that find it difficult to to relate or like just feel that generational cap or for whatever reason are just um they can relate more you know they didn't need more to figure out like why the father is the way that he is and um that's a challenge 
it's like when you build a product experience, like you have usually like a very target market or a target audience that you're designing for. And for film, it's almost like your target market might be a little bit scoped, but really like your audience could be a whole host of people with different backgrounds and childhoods and experiences. And, and when you, when you're like writing a character, when you're writing a scene, like you're, you're doing it like for a specific audience. Like you, you do know like, okay, these are the people that I'm reaching. And if Mm -hmm. I can reach more than that, then great. But I'm not going to try and reach anybody because if, if you try and reach everybody, you reach nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's in those those little details that mm-hmm. that you can you can catch somebody. So, you know, you might not relate to this one detail, but you'll relate to this other one in this next scene that I might not relate to. But you know what? There's something for me mm-hmm. in the next. Scene. And I think I think it's in those little details that are are universal or are you know like like the the need to belong, the need to connect, the um, yeah. the desire to provide for those that we love, like these larger macro themes we can all connect with, even if, you know, the, the, the details might not line up for, for each of us, but mm-hmm. there's, there's enough there that, you know, it's just, it's part of the human experience, no matter where you were born or, or where you end up making your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And often like the, the best films that I've experienced are the ones that are from a completely different context or Mm. um, the thing that I'm watching or the experience that I'm going through is so different from my own but that for whatever reason I feel so connected to and can resonate so deeply with and those surprising moments of of resonance I think are the ones that are most exciting because you're like oh my gosh this is a entirely different context that I've ever experienced but somehow this touches something deeply and you feel connected to this whole other different people group or background or story that you've never even experienced. And it's, it's thrilling and it's like eye opening in so many interesting ways. So yeah, I think what you're saying is incredibly true. And that's the, the beauty of a film is that like, mm-hmm we're we're all so different and unique as individuals like we've talked about but in some ways we are so similar and mm-hmm. there's so many points of connection and empathy that we can have and um a movie like this just shows us that that's possible mhm yep yeah ah we should just end every episode with and that's the beauty of film <laughs> see you next week <laughs> it's why we do this though it's why we talk for hours and hours and hours on end about about films it's magical yeah love it all right anything else that we haven't talked about that we wanted to give a quick shout out to uh i did want to give a shout out to those um scenes uh where they're in taiwan um when they go back home mm-hmm. and um, it, it was such a, an interesting contrast from the Angela that we're used to seeing um, because in, in, in the shots of them in Taiwan, she was always following behind him, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was such an interesting choice, um, especially like an American woman choosing to 
um, like follow behind her father Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, walking shoulder to shoulder with him, like, like we do here in America. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought that that was such an interesting, um, creative choice and, and shows a lot about not only their relationship and how it's evolving, but also their respect for, um, Asian culture and how she was willing to lean into, you know, that side of her culture instead of, you know, being a brash American who, who does what she wants. Mm. Yeah, I noticed a little detail too. I was like, wow, this really is a small thing that maybe some people will notice, maybe some won't, but speaks so loud and so much yeah. into their dynamic, their relationship. There's, there's just so much that's set there. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of those moments where I was like, man, this is this is not a white person film, <laughs> like not even a little bit because you wouldn't see that. But there, there's so much honor in that that one that choice for her to follow a step or two behind her father, and yeah, it was so sweet. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of that episode that we had with Daisha. Um, mm. I'm trying to remember the film; it's totally escaping me right now. It was, was it a Beale beautifully Street? poetic. What? Uh, if Bill Street could talk. Yes, I believe so. The beautiful. It was like poetry on the screen. Um, and she mentioned that, like the beginning scenes, she was like, that's exactly how a black family would act. Or like, that's the, mm, we totally yeah. know that type of family or like those tiny details that she was picking up on that I know that I wouldn't be able to pick up on because I didn't grow up with that background. But she just was like, you could hear the like glee in her voice of just like, mm-hmm. yes, that's so accurate. They nailed it. And I think she made this similar comment of like, this would not have been able to be made by someone who wasn't black with the same level of detail. And that is just so cool. All those tiny things that come together that really make it feel authentic and resonate. So good. (laughs) It's always the little details. Yes. You can set up all of these like big macro things that you want to accomplish, but it it all comes down to the little details of, you know, how is it going to make somebody feel or what is this going to communicate? Mm -hmm. Um, with with zero words you can say a whole lot and it's it's all in that that little tiny detail yep yep um one little shout out that i wanted to give was to again the the taiwan scenes but in the flashbacks where the colors were so Mm -hmm. dreamy and um really like (laughs) the concept of rose colored glasses is so perfect and that like dreaminess of those sequences but what i really loved was the grainy texture of the those visuals and I later learned that they had actually shot those scenes on 16 millimeter film and then they shot all of the ones with the older man and with Angela um, on digital and so Mm -hmm. like the medium changed to communicate the the concept of memories and flashbacks and oh I just I loved it I noticed that and I was like maybe it's just my tv like (laughs) I don't know but it really was a stark contrast and I that little detail was also so great all right well this was our review of tiger tail it is available for streaming on netflix if you are subscribed to netflix there is so much to unpack and discuss in this film um I think we've probably scratched the surface but um we highly recommend watching this film and 
putting it in conversation with the other films that tackle similar themes um, is a really interesting exercise. So this, I believe, was Alan Yang's directorial debut, right? So I am uh, intrigued to see what he creates next. Um, there's a lot of intentionality and um, vision that he had in creating this. So we're excited to see what he'll do next. In the meantime, we hope you guys are having an amazing week and uh, we'll see you back next week.